Um, well, guys, welcome to episode 40 of Millennials in Ministry. I'm your host, Erin V. Lashley, and today I have the privilege of interviewing Valerie. Uh, we, she reached out to me several months back and um, just felt like we were supposed to connect, and I thought it would be great to just have her on the show and have her share her testimony. I've seen some of her videos. She's a ministry called Reckless Love Ministries, and uh, she's just passionately in love with the Lord. And so, Valerie, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, nice you're so be. welcome. For yeah. sure. So I believe you're connected with uh, Justin Kane in Illinois. Is that right? You're like, you know, some uh, people that I know, right? Yes. Just, um, it, gosh, I'll be at his church now almost a year. But uh, last year, yeah, the Lord led me to um, to go there. And it's an amazing uh -huh. church that got started in New Lenox. So, yeah. So that's how I got connected with that's them. Awesome. I did, did not know them previous to that, but it's been a blessing for sure. That's really cool. And I think, did you first see me because I interviewed Pastor Justin? Is that, I don't know. I don't how, know. To be honest with you, now that you said that, I'm trying to think back. I think you may have been commenting and God highlighted you to me. And I don't even okay. if I commented um, on something. And then I saw you did an interview with him. But I, okay. I really can't even think back that far. Maybe no I reached worries. out to you. I don't even. Oh, girl, I don't even know. Yeah, it's like it was so long ago. Divine connection, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Valerie, for those who don't know, you know, tell us your story of, like, how God has really impacted your life and what you're up to today. Well, it's an extremely long story. That's why I'm um, I'm in the process of getting it down in a book. And when the video that you saw me, I was actually asked to speak at a church in Sauk Village so mm -hmm. I, you know, was kind of preparing my message and stuff like that. And upon doing that, I started boxing last year, too. So, oh, cool. yeah, I went into it kind of thinking, oh, yeah, I got this. You know, a friend of mine had asked me to join her and, you know, trying to do this new health kick and try to get into shape and things like that. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I went and did a class with her. And it's not your typical um like just kickboxing class, they actually train you and they teach you and you have to learn how to fight. I thought I was just going to be going in there throwing punches and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I can kick some butt, you know, but um, yeah. when I went in there, I spent, you know, some time with the, with my trainer and things like that and realized that there's a structure to it. So when I was preparing my, um, my message, uh, my train, it, the thought came to my mind that the trainer always tells us to hold our gloves up by our face. So we have to yeah. protect our pit. And that's my the title of my message. My signature talk is protecting your pretty, um, and it kind of coincides mm -hmm. with ambition. And I base my business off of First Peter three, which is cultivating an inner beauty, right? Um, mm -hmm. But more importantly, realizing that the structure of fighting as a Christian, most Christians are not fighting the appropriate way. So, um, you know, we're supposed to be fighting from a place of victory. And it is more of that stature of standing in position and protecting yourself, um, just standing mm -hmm. firm on the word and um, being able to resist the devil. So yeah. I, you know, kind of correlate that along with my testimony. And, um, and when I was asked to speak at the church, I had given my message and it was like an hour and 30 minutes. And then I was like, okay, we got to shorten that. Cause I only got like a half hour. Very intricate, but I will give you all the highlights. Um, it, you know, if you permit me to, I can do that starting. Yeah. I was 
you know, born and raised, I'm an Italian American family on the South side of Chicago, South side suburbs and stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, your traditional, you know, family at that time, a lot of the kids in my area were coming from kind of broken families and things like that. But before I was born, my parents were actually looking to separate and, um, my mom was done with kids. She wasn't doing all that. And then I came along. So there's always, <laughs> there's always that and <laughs> that trumps your ideas, but yeah, um, so they had tried to work it out. My parents had tried to work it out. And when my mom found out that she was pregnant with me, she was upset at my dad. And, mm -hmm. um, but our, her best friend prophesied over her and said, you know, um, this one's going to be from God. You have nothing to worry about. She's going to be your best friend. And it truly reigned true to um, coming to fruition. My mom and um, my family was born and raised Catholic, but they were non-practicing. However, my grandmother always had a relationship with Jesus. She was always yeah. loving people. And she was just basically the epitome of truthfully um, Christian being Christ-like. You know, that's who she was. And um, yeah. kind of always instilled that love. And, you know, in us, but there, you know, there's always strongholds and generational curses and all that junk, but I didn't come to know that until later on. So my parents tried to work things out. And truthfully, there was an attack on my life, even when I was a baby. Um, you know, I could tell you stories about we were living in a house, waiting for a house to be built and like all this demonic stuff. And at the time, my parents and everybody thought that it was like haunted and like, you know, what we knew it was demonic now yeah. that I look back. But, I mean, I burned myself really severely in that house. I was, like, two years old. I pulled the curling iron down from the shelf. And then, you know, I bit a hole through my tongue. So I always joke because it was prophesied wow. later that I was going to be a mouthpiece to the nation. So the devil's yeah. trying to shut up. And actually, Justin King, my pastor, always laughs at me because he says, because <laughs> I talk a lot, you know, he's like, give it to me in the guy version, okay? Because <laughs> we are simple simplicity and simplified rooted. you know and it's funny because his is simple believer you know so it's yeah just, it, it runs true but um but he always jokes and he said i was like oh yeah i'm talking to god lately and he's like does he get a chance to talk back you know so the devil <laughs> came at me right away trying to shut me up when i was little but truthfully um my parents went through a divorce then they did end up separating and I was about like six or seven, my uh, aunt and uncle, and, you know, not coincidentally, they were my godparents. They took me to um, their church with them. So my, my family was not practicing any faith at the time. I, I did the traditional upbringing of the Catholic church and stuff like that, but we didn't, after making my communion in that, we didn't attend church or anything. Um, mm -hmm. So I gave my life to Jesus at like six or seven and um, at a VBS at someone's home and a woman prayed yeah. with me. And then shortly after that, I was, you know, I mean, it could have even been that day, but um, shortly after that, I started prophesying and speaking in tongues. So um, I didn't know what it was. My family thought I created my own language. I mean, we even have a name for it. And like, it was kind of like a joke, like growing up my wow. whole life. So ever since then, I kind of got scared because I was, I, I didn't have any spiritual mentorship within my family or close people. So I always stood out. I suffered with um, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, all that stuff. When I was a kid, the devil came at me young. And then um, I asked God, I was probably about maybe 14 at this time. I asked God, I had a really prophetic vision of something that happened. I freaked out my whole family and I was reading my Bible. So even though I wasn't attending a church regularly, 
I actually moved out to Arizona. So I lived in Arizona for a short time too. When my parents' That's divorce cool. was finally finalized, we moved to Arizona because my grandparents retired there. So I spent like five years in Lake Havasu. I don't know if you know where that's at. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there, God kind of always was there. I always remembered feeling the supernatural and the Holy spirit in my life being my mentor, because, you know, he planted seeds throughout my life. I had a, a really good friend that I still keep in touch with. Her name's Stacy. And we were like 10, 11, 12, and we would always go to church on like their Wednesday night youth group. So I was getting fed, but um, still not understanding how, like I, I was always attracting like old people and animals and children. I mean, they call me the baby whisperer, like uh-huh. at, at my salon and stuff, because I just have such a passion and a love for children and everything and yeah. it, realizing that that's just the Holy Spirit. So I had been called a lot of things my whole life, like, you know, by family members, you know, I won't say like who, because, yeah. <laughs> but you know, accident and you weren't supposed to be here. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I had a lot of, um, over my life, like you're weird and you're different. And I didn't realize that it was actually because I was a child of God and that that's what made me mm-hmm. different. And so, yeah. Um, I asked God to take it away from me. I said, listen, like, because I was reading in the Bible and I read that it was a cult practices and that, you know, people would be like, are you psychic? And, you know, I got nervous. I was like, Lord, I don't want to be out of your will. So take that away from me. So I hadn't been walking in any spiritual gifting for probably 15, 16 years. And um, I, my grandma that I told you about ended up passing away. We had moved back here at that point in time. And um, before she passed away, I was like, Graham, you know, why don't we go to church? Like, what's what's the deal? Why aren't we attending a church or anything? And she said, because, you know, church ain't doing things the right way. I mean, she was basing that off of, you know, Catholicism at that time. She said, so I just go yeah. and I pray and not realizing that that's what we are supposed to do. Get into our secret place, petition our, you know, our hearts to the Father and, you know, kind of intercede that way. So um, after she passed away, I really started seeking and I just asked God, you know, who are you, whatever, and what all that. And a, a mentor at the time had given me the book Purpose Driven Life. And yeah. so I read that and I'll never forget um, the second chapter was called You're Not an Accident. And there's a poem in there by Russell Kelfer and I've like memorized it, but it just talked about this intricate plan that you are a part of like as being a child of God, like it doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter who your parents are. Like God really formed you together within your mother's womb before the foundations of the universe were even set. So that really struck me. So I was like, okay. So I tried going back to the Catholic church. I tried going back to what I knew. Right. And they were told to me and um, you know, it's nothing against that. There was a foundation of faith there, but um, you know, they were really cold to me even back then. And you know, I was like, I'm, that's not making sense. Cause you're saying I have to do all this stuff, but I read my scripture and it's telling me that I'm already free. like, I don't need to do anything. You know? So I was really struggling for a while. And, um, I went to beauty school right out of high school. And so I was working at that time and a client of mine, you know, we would always talk life. She invited me to come to her church. Cause I wasn't, I was just reading my Bible by myself at that time. And, um, so I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And I was like, is it one of those places where they go raising their hands and acting like a fool? Cause I can't do that. And she's like, well, yeah, yeah but I was the one that was being judgmental now. So I laugh and yeah. joke because I used to go to concerts all the time, raising my hands, acting a fool. And I, you know, there was no question about being judgmental. So when I got to this church, 
I was like, all right, I'm going to go because the Holy Spirit led me to go there. So I went there and they had, it was a non-denominational church. They had like guitars and like, there was like rock band up there. I was like, this ain't church. Like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. So I left there. I was this is like, a never back to that place. And you never yeah. can say never because God's going to use whatever he can to get at you. And that's yeah. where reckless. So I had attended that church for 11 years. I had been in student ministries. I had Bible studies. I was doing all the Christian things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doing all that, those things and everything that was expected. I mean, I was spending more time there than I was at home or at work and, and all that. And uh, all my friends were getting married and having babies and doing all that. And I always just was like, God, when is it going to be my turn, you know? And yeah. so I really prayed on it. And a mentor of mine told me, um, write down everything that you expect out of a man, like everything that you want and your desires of your heart, no matter how silly they might seem to, you know, the outside world, it's between you and God, write them all down. So I did. Mm-hmm. And I, jo- I I made my list and I was checking it twice and I was making sure that I got mm-hmm. it all out there, all my requests to God, because she goes, he's going to yeah. do things. He's either going to change them to you if you delight yourself in him he's gonna give you those desires so i wrote everything i want him to smell good i want him to love jesus i want him to love kids you know yeah and i was prophesied to be a pastor's wife like a long time ago i was you know you're gonna be a pastor's wife a really strong like man of god and you know you're gonna do ministry together so i was like all right let's do it you know so Mm -hmm. so many counterfeits came in I made it, I made my list and I joke on my, on my sermon and on the message that I gave about the salami sandwich. And I joke about that because I asked my grandma for a salami sandwich and um, yeah. I just listened to it today. It was just funny. And so we asked for it, but she's got to make it, you know, and that's where I asked mm-hmm. God, but he's got to provide that for you. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't wait for it and I didn't test the spirits. And, um, you know, I met, I met my ex-husband at church. So I thought, oh, okay, like I'm, you know, I'm meeting him at church. That must be him because he kind of meets the profile, you know, but we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our pretty because the devil is going to come with something that is almost right. See, I heard once before Mm -hmm. that he's too smart to come at you with, and he knows we're too smart if he's going to come at you with what's wrong because we already know what's wrong, but he's going to come at you what's almost right because we have have that discernment and God knows God sees you and truth be told he was my brother in Christ you know and we both mm-hmm. weren't ready to to go through that and God took us through that fire and um you know it's it's kind of a struggle so my message now when I go and preach and um speak and love on others is just from a place of knowing who you are knowing your identity yeah. that you have to manufacture anything that God yeah. is the creator of the universe he does not need your help mm-hmm. and um and if you ask and you just continue to abide in him and he abides in you and he's going to give you all those things and more, we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. Everything else will be added onto us. And yeah. so um, now being full circle, that's kind of my story of, um, of, you know, restoration, but it was going through a fire, a trial, a fiery trial. Mm-hmm. So because of the disobedience, because of all the people that came up at me and even to him and we're like, you guys, this isn't right, you know, but we still continue to, to do that. And, um, so shortly after I was, we were married, I, I was just like, we need help. I mean, we tried everything. Mm -hmm. We went to counseling. We went 
you know, we tried to work it out on our own strength and it was just not, it wasn't because what happens yeah. is, is what, what God puts together, no man can separate, but what we yeah. put together ourselves is really easy to, because it was easy for us to manufacture it. It's really easy if you don't, if you don't build something on, on solid ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, last April, um, I went to a church in Humble Park. Um, I went to go see, I've been a huge follower of, uh, of the ministry of lifestyle Christianity, which is Todd White's ministry. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. I just, that's who I am. Like as a human, yeah. I, I mean, I straight up can't go to the grocery store without my mom yelling at me because I'm either taking too long or I'm praying with somebody or <laughs> giving somebody a word. Yeah. Cause it's like, I didn't realize that this, I did this on the regular, but then when I, when I, when I like was introduced to Todd and his ministry, I was like, oh, I'm not the only crazy person. That does this. Like, All right, there friends. are others so, like me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not alone. So <laughs> I, I went to, he was coming to speak at in Chicago and I got a, a, a invite. So I went to this church in Humble Park in last March went to go hear him speak. And then they gave us like a little pamphlet, you know, mm -hmm. to come back for the following month who I had no idea who Daniel Kalinda was either. So it was yeah. like, I, I know that there was like these people, like I, I didn't even understand that other people yeah. were like me. And so, um, I went to, I went to, uh, this, the second time it was in April. And like I said, I just went by myself. I felt the Holy spirit leading me to go there and, I, I, I went and yeah. Dan was speaking and he said, you know, I have, um, I never, he was, I, I, or he was, I sometimes get this where I didn't expect to say this, but I have a word for someone here today. And he's like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure where they're at, but this is specifically for you. And I swear to you, it was like zoom. Like I didn't see any other person there. And it was him speaking to me. Like God was literally like, hitting me with like this fire. He said, you yeah. can, what you know, but you can only replicate what you are because see, I was always praying for others. I was always loving on other people. I was telling them that God gives you this peace that surpasses understanding and he's amazing and he's awesome. And, and, and he was that for me at some times yeah. was kind of running in the other direction. When we run against the will of God, I, I wasn't experiencing that anymore. My mom, you know, said to me, why are you so miserable? And I, I really couldn't answer that question. And I was like, why am I miserable? You know, you, yeah. you got give me that peace that surpasses understanding that I've been preaching about, you know? Yeah. So they did an altar call and I had no idea what that was because at my church, we never did that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't stop my feet from moving. I left my phone, my keys, my purse. I didn't know one other person there. And I literally yeah. walked down to the altar and I was just waiting. I was just like there. And I add, and if you'll permit me, if I have time, I'll finish this little part of the story. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. And I got a couple follow-up <laughs> questions. Yeah. You just finish up. <laughs> um, so I went to the altar and I was like, Lord, I need to know. Like, I was so miserable. I didn't want to leave here. And I said, God, I can't leave here. I'm like, I seriously do not want to go back to my life. I mean, the life that I created, like I've literally tried everything in my own strength. And I think that's where we have to come to in our life is where yeah. you full surrender, not just, oh, yeah, I love God. He's great. And then be miserable and walk around every day, your day to day job and not walking in the freedom that he died to give us. So I'm standing yeah. at the altar and I'm just crying. And I, I mean, they're worshiping and playing music. 
And I was like, I need to know if you're real. I'm like, I need to know if you're real. I'm like, I've done everything right. And I felt like in my spirit, him say, you did nothing. My son did it all for you. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just got like spanked by my heavenly father right now because (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I was, and I was like, I just can't leave here, God. Like, I really, like, I, I truly wanted to like go home. Like, I was like, I'm ready to come home. And before I can feel a human person touch me, because then prior to that, like a couple weeks before, a friend of mine had been speaking in tongues and my church at that time didn't speak in it. And I said, I was from you, God, like I need to know. And before I could even feel a person come up to me, I felt this wave is the only way I can describe it. Unless you experience it yourself, it was Mm -hmm. a wave and it almost flung me over and I went, huh. And this woman caught me and she started speaking over me and I was like ah, I like brace myself and uh-huh. I thought it was scary and it was seriously the most beautiful thing I mean it still chokes me up and brings tears to my eyes because it was literally yeah. the best thing I could have ever heard and, mm-hmm. and then as she was prophesying over me I was like like coughing I was like coughing all this junk out and she was like taking mm-hmm. authority and it was just like I've never experienced that in my life like that um, mm-hmm. just such boldness of just speaking these truths over me and things that only God would know, like not my family. Yeah. It was unbelievable, yeah. and it had to be by myself. So I knew it wouldn't have had to been any emotionalism, anything like that. It was yeah. just being spoken over me. So I got up and I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like I, I was still mm-hmm. like, ah, and Daniel Kalinda came over and he put his hand on my head. And then he put his hand on the woman's head in front of me and she fell over and I grabbed her and got, and I seriously said, Lord, please don't make me leave here. Like in your presence right now, the way I felt right now, this freedom that I felt, please don't make me leave here. And Mm -hmm. the woman looked at me and said, you have to leave here. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like, I I didn't ask that out loud. (laughs) I was like, I say those words. Okay. She goes, you have to leave here. (laughs) And I said, I do like yes she goes because when you leave here your story your testimony your anointing is going to just overflow on other people some people you're going to pour into some people you're just going to smear it on them but your love and your testimony are going to help so many women overcome the very yeah. thing you're going through and at the time it didn't make sense to me because i wasn't getting a divorce at that point i was still in the hopes of like Oh, this is going to work. Like God's going to, you know, do the same thing. Like, and it was just, I didn't understand it. I didn't have to. I literally just said, Oh, and I walked away and this gentleman and woman said to me, Hey, he goes, you know, you have the gift of prophecy. God's showing me that right now. And I was like, Oh no, I gave that to Jesus a long time ago. I was like, I don't. Then he's like, Oh no, he's showing me that you'd have that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I was like, you know, like, you're just like, you're high. You're literally, it is the best high of your life. Like, I don't even know how to explain. Mm-hmm. And sh- and this woman said, and you're going to be speaking in your prayer language soon. And I was like, oh no, I don't think so. she's like, why not? And I said, cause I'm scared. And she goes, what are you scared of? And as I was saying it, I knew I didn't feel fear. I wasn't yeah. really scared it was just like my old man like trying to talk for me and she goes mm-hmm. what are you scared and I'm like I'm scared of what other people are gonna think and she's like that's ridiculous yeah. 
So um, she prayed over me and I, and she goes, go home and get by yourself if you're scared of what other people are going to think of you. So I went home and I had my own like war room. I saw the movie. I was doing all the right Christian things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I war room and I went home and that night I literally, it just, I was like, God, is this what you want for me? And it like flooded back and mm -hmm. I just started processing and speaking in tongues again and I have been floating for the last year I yeah. shortly after that is when I found my family at New Day yeah um, a friend of mine had said that you know hey you should check this out and then a couple weeks after this experience I had gone to Power and Love which is Todd White's um yeah I've heard of that conference there's actually mm -hmm. one at the end of May I'm taking a team with Reckless Love so if anybody's interested at, you know, let me know because we're co-sponsoring them. And then um, I walked I walked in and when I went to Power and Love, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can actually use this. Like, I thought I was crazy. Like, yeah. like God would highlight people to me. So at the conference and I'm texting my mom, I'm like, mom, like they taught you what a word of knowledge was. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, can this work if she's not even here? Because I think my mom's hip hurts. So I'm texting my mom. I'm like, mom, yeah. I'm in Michigan. My mom's in Chicago. I'm like, mom, does your hip hurt? And she goes, yeah, why? What are you, what are you freaking me out? And I was like, mom, <laughs> this is real. And he loves you. Put your hand on your hip right now. We're going to pray. And I like took it. It was amazing. I mean, the testimonies wow. go on and on. But um, truthfully, God's just been training me this last year and just mm -hmm. um, training me up. So that's what Protect that's Your cool. Praise out. And then I was asked, I, I was asked to speak at the church shortly after that. And I, I spoke at a school and, you know, I'll go, I speak everywhere. Okay. I speak at the Walgreens, yeah. Walmart, <laughs> wherever, wherever God brings me, I'm a walking revival. Yeah. Okay. Because, that's awesome. Um, nothing like that freedom. So that's super thank cool. You Val, right there. Yeah, for sure. And mm -hmm. there's so many really cool things that you, you said. And one of them being is you being in the boxing. That's funny because lately, um, my family, my whole family, we've been going to yeah. MMA classes, and we do different I, things three days a week. And uh, one of the things is when we when you box, like sometimes our trainer or whoever I'm partnered with at the time will hit me back after I do like a hit because I do yeah. a hit and I keep my hand down. And it's, yeah, it's like, it right in the face, like, yeah. it's like, you have to protect yourself as, as, so as important as it is to hit the enemy or the person that you're fighting. It's even more important to protect yourself because the moment you leave yourself unguarded is the moment they can come in and swoop you yeah. up bad, you know? Um, so I really yeah, love the concept of just the ministry that God's put on your heart to do protect your pretty. That's, that's so amazing. I love that title, but I also really like what you were talking about when you first got married and you made a list of everything that you were asking God for. And just explaining a little bit, if you can, the difference between knowing, how do you know when God is trying to give something to you or if it's you, how do you know if it's God or you? Because I think that there's, it's good to know what you want, mm -hmm. but um, I think sometimes you'll, we can hold too tightly to what we want and just that totally. balance between knowing what's you and what's God, and, you know, from your perspective. Well, I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing, the biggest answer, the biggest lesson that I've learned is I have the concept called the orange tree. Okay. I teach mm -hmm. it in every, every time I speak usually. And I say this, I'm not even going to teach you no more. You're going to teach yourself here. Okay. So yeah. if I'm going Apple. Pay, okay. 
Valerie's my, the character. She's going apple picking, okay? She walks into an apple orchard, and there's a bunch of trees in the apple orchard, and they all have signs on them that say apple tree, pick apples, however much money it is on, you know. But there's a tree there, and it has oranges dangling from the branches. What kind of tree is that? It's an orange tree. It's an orange tree. It don't matter right. if it's in that apple orchard. It don't matter if it's got a sign on there on the outside that has a, a – a, you know, a sign that says I'm an apple tree. And that's what the father tells us to do is test every spirit. So if we are at church, that was the biggest thing because just because somebody is at church, okay, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 22, it says that he findeth a wife. So he's going to be finding you. We are to delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart. Because sometimes mm -hmm. the innermost desires of our heart are not what we expect them to be. God's never going to do you dirty. He's always going to do you and set you up for success. And he's going to he has your best interests in mind. He has a plan and a hope and a future for you that is going to be beyond what you could possibly think or imagine. So I yeah. think with that being the concept, we as women, it's just because they say I'm Christian, okay? Just because mm -hmm. what if they are Christian, they consider themselves to be Christian, and they're baptized, and they have a Bible, and they are going to school for seminary school, but they're yeah. not doing things that make them Christ-like. So the fruits that are being produced in their life are not Christian fruits. They're not – Christian means Christ-like. So if somebody is calling you names or verbally abusing you or emotionally abusing you – um that's they're they're not walking those are the fruits that are being produced in their life and yeah. see it, it's very important to test every spirit and that's how you protect your pretty as well that's another concept of protecting your pretty because you're not just going to give anybody your phone number you're not just going to be desperate about doing that kind of stuff trying to get that attention because you know the the type of people god still needed to work on my ex-husband do you see what i'm saying it, it, i'm not innocent in that either do you know what i mean yeah. there we both broken individuals and yeah. really need to be complete and whole in Christ because marriage is a ministry. So I think that's mm -hmm. the first important thing is realizing that we have to deny ourselves. So there's a difference with the desires of our heart because here's the thing, when we write them down and we write down the desires of our heart, God placed desires in your heart there. And mm -hmm. so, like I said, either going to change the desires of your heart if they're contrary to what his word says and his will because we're to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven we're to offer our bodies up as a living sacrifice so we it's highly important to deny ourselves and not seek our own you know not try to manufacture things to be what those desires are and that's where trust comes in because yeah. i god with everything but my my life verse um that i that all ways to acknowledge him and he will direct your path and God only shows us you know things at you know in his timing because we're to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven so everything that you're praying has already been accomplished in heaven we're just praying for it to be manifest so if that means yeah. it doesn't look like in the natural you know what I'm saying so I think as far as ask it's asking him and then trusting him those are that's what yeah. you have to you have to ask, and then you have to trust because he's going to get desires. And it might not look like what you think, but um, we it is important with friendships, um, relationships, 
you know, family members, churches, pastors, all that stuff. We're to test every spirit. And by testing those spirits, you judge them by the fruit that they bear in their life. And then we don't call them out. They're still your brother and sister in Christ. We're not to call out. That's the angel's job. You know, in Revelation, it talks about, do we pick them out from the field? And God says, no, the angels will take care of that. You know, it's yeah. not our job. We just pray for them. We, we continue to keep going because um, they're still in a process too, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's really good. Good or no, not? No, like, yeah, <laughs> that's good. And and Valerie, final question. This is a question I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, this podcast is called Millennials in Ministry because it's designed uh, for millennials who want to make an impact in their community. So yeah. if you had one final piece of advice for millennials who want to make an impact, what would it be? If you want to make an impact, do it right where you're at. Don't wait for an opportunity be that opportunity. If you go, I mean, truthfully, because because I speak to evangelism, I mean, if we're talking about millennials in ministry, your mm -hmm. life is ministry. Whatever yeah. you do is your ministry. Don't try to think that you are, are supposed to be anywhere else than where you're at at this moment, because God will use you wherever you're at. Even if it's, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be like this crazy word of knowledge for somebody. Our world is lacking love and because if you're filled with the holy spirit you are filled with love and you have to abide in him so you have that love to freely give others so i think do everything in love if you have if you have if you do all these other things but you don't have love you don't have anything so that's where yeah. god's love literally came after me and that's what i feel that it has to go after everyone else wherever you're at because the pastor, the bishop, this one, that one, they can't be at Walgreens when you're getting your prescription to minister yeah. girl all the time. But you mm -hmm. see her all the time and you could say, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. It could be that simple. So I think just be bold. Just walk yeah. boldness because nothing can happen to you. You know, you're already, yeah. you're already his. So that's awesome. Just well, thank you, Valerie. And you're good. Protect your pretty and you're good. Secret to life, protect your pretty. <laughs> um, but Valerie, thank you so much for joining and being a part of this and sharing your story. I know a lot of people are going to be encouraged. We're encouraged and we'll be encouraged, especially because this is a recording that will um, be heard by many ears. So appreciate your time and being here. Reckless Love is there for you. If you want to reach out to me and, you know, like I said, I'm here to help. Is that if anyone's like, hey, you know, how I want to do that. You know, I want to do, I want to walk boldly. I want how do I do that? You know, I, I'm praying for all of you guys. I prayed, like I told you before we even got yeah. on here. And I just have a passion to help people because for 11 years, I wasn't walking in that full power. And Jesus died for us to do that. I mean, that's yeah. of our, of our living, of being a millennial, because our generation yeah. is a remnant generation that needs to rise up. And I believe yeah. we are. So thank yeah. you for doing this amazing amazing ministry in itself yeah you're so welcome and it's been a blessing so we'll stay in touch for sure and uh, okay, god bless you have a good one all right love you god bless see ya